We continue with this text from Luke, chapter 22, verse 24. A dispute also rose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. But he said to them, the king of the Gentiles lorded over all of them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, the greatest among you must become like the youngest, and the leader like one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. We pray, O oh God, that by your Holy Spirit we might find ourselves in this depiction of the gospel portrayed for us by Luke, that it might become this day for us your holy word transforming us closer into the image of the word made flesh. We ask it in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Often scripture makes a profound statement not only by what it says, but also by how it organizes what it says. In the passage that Samuel read earlier, just before the text that I read, verses 13 through 24, Jesus is uh, leading his disciples through all of the tenderness of the Last Supper. He says the holy words, this broken bread is my body given to you. This cup that is poured out is the new covenant in my blood. Jesus has just indicated that he is about to literally die to love us. Then we get to the text that I began with in verse 24 that begins by saying a dispute rose among the disciples about which of them was the greatest. What? The reader has to hit that verse like a speed bump that makes the wheels come off. Jesus is and the disciples have just been in the midst of the pathos of this last supper. And the very next text is, and an argument came up about, among them about who was the greatest. Really? That would be like a communion service here in the chapel, and two students are in line making their way up to the holy elements, and one says to the other one, how did you do on the Greek quiz? Oh, B? Oh, how did I do? Oh, oh, I aced it. We would never do that. No, we're much more subtle. <laughs> we wait until communion is over, then we, we post our success on social media. 
Well, Jesus' own words at the conclusion of the words of institution gives us some clue about this jerky transition from the spiritual intimacy of communion to this argument about who is the greatest disciple. He concludes the words of institution by predicting that one of them will betray him. Now, earlier in Luke chapter 22, we're, as the readers, we're told that this is Judas. But the disciples don't know that. And so, in verse 23, just before we get to 24, where this text begins, we're told that then they began to ask one another, which of them it could be who would do this? Do you see the... The fragility of all of their relationships to Jesus has just been exposed by this prediction of betrayal from one of them. Betray Jesus? Betray my own convictions? Turn out to be a fraud? I've been worried about that. It's as if we all live with some latent Judas within us and we're very anxious about the, the time that this will come to life and we, for some reason, dismantle everything that we've built and believe in. So one of our favorite ways of coping with this anxiety is by comparing ourselves to the other disciples. Well, at least I'm not like them. They, they have the wrong politics. They have the wrong theology, the wrong worship. At least I'm more committed than they are. Then we get to the passage that follows our text today. When Peter says, Lord, I'll go with you to prison and to death. Or Jesus I'm the greatest disciple because I'll die for you. And that's when Jesus predicts that Peter will deny him three times before the cock crows. So prior to this text is Jesus' prophecy about Judas' betrayal. And after the text is Jesus' prophecy about Peter's denial. So you see, there are no role models in this text about who is a great disciple. And that's the point. As Jesus is trying to make clear, there's no such thing as a great disciple. In this text, he says to the disciples, the kings of the, gen of, of the Gentiles have benefactors who give them power. The title benefactor is a rather ironic term for one with great power who is able to maintain that power by giving things to lesser kings. 
So the good that the benefactor does is for the benefactor's own sake. Is that why we do good? To feel great about ourselves? That would be a betrayal of the one who gave his life out of love. But very helpfully, Jesus contrasts this benefactor form of greatness, giving in order to receive, with the calling of his disciples. But not so for you, Jesus says. This is not who you really are. Then he inverts greatness by saying the greatest is the servant. And I am the one who serves. So to be a disciple of the one who serves means we are never more than someone who is in training to serve. Every time I go to a fast food joint and I see some poor kid behind the counter with a name tag that says trainee, oh, my heart just goes out to these kids. Because the subtext of that name tag is, don't yell at me. I'm just learning this job. My point today is that as a disciple, we are always wearing the name tag that says trainee. We never graduate beyond that. So when in your studies you read about the great heroes of the faith, or the great warriors for social justice, or the great theologians who change our understanding of God and ourselves in their writings, and you think, I will never be that great. Thank God, because it means you're finally starting to understand discipleship. And I don't want you to be worried about your potential for betraying Jesus, or denying him, or failing to follow him faithfully. I don't want you to worry if that's going to happen. Because I can promise you it's going to happen. <laughs> of course it's going to happen. All of us will fail to follow Jesus faithfully like Peter did. Especially when he is this close to the cross. And when that happens, like Peter, you will find Jesus ready to forgive and to call you again to service. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Serve, serve, serve. Who you really are, Jesus says to the disciples, is one who is following, learning from a servant. 
a servant trainee. So when you are confused about your gifts or your contributions or your, your capabilities in the midst of a world that's being torn apart by nations in search of greatness, and you wonder what it is that you have to offer, just return to the clarity of this calling that we all have. Just serve. And you don't even have to be a great servant. It's hard to feel like a fraud when your calling is just to be a trainee. And don't let anybody yell at you for this. We're all just learning how to do this job. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.